our fourth communion, where you come forward with your true sinister accounts. I am the Collector. Thank you for those making offerings and joining our movement. This work we are devoting ourselves to is extremely important. Please submit your audio recordings to the offerings podcast at gmail.com to make an offering. Our first account for this communion comes from Offerer 011, Iowa, the United States. This happened in the fall of 2007. I'm from a pretty small town in southern Iowa. Growing up in a small town, you had to be pretty resourceful to keep yourself entertained. When I got older, old enough to drive, my friends and I would drive up to Des Moines, the capital of Iowa, and, you know, we'd go to shows and stuff. We ended up making a lot of friends over the years. And they'd always get the biggest kick out of the things that my friends and I would do for fun. And, you know, they'd always laugh, and we'd tell them about this graveyard out in the middle of nowhere. They always said they wanted to go to it. And so one night, I get a phone call from some friends they're hanging from the town I'm from. And they're hanging out with our friends in Des Moines, and they said they wanted to know if I could drive out there. And I said, yeah, that's fine. But I didn't have enough room in my car. And I remember my friend saying, oh, we can just take mine. He had this brand new car at the time. And so they ended up coming down. They got down here around, I don't know, 8 o'clock. It was still a little light out. And so we hung around my house, just kind of catching up and laughing and having a good time. And so we set out. It's about a 40-minute drive, depending on which way you go to this graveyard. But a large portion of it is on gravel. And they use limestone, crushed limestone, for for the road surface. And when you drive on this stuff, you get this real fine white whitish gray powder just covers your car and as we're driving out there we're laughing and having a good time you know just being boys or whatever and so when we pull up in the graveyard like I said it sits in the middle of nowhere it's just on one side of it there's this really thick dark timber and then there's this graveyard and the entrance has this big cast iron gate that you walk through and so we walk down to this headstone and the headstone is creepy And it has like this saying about where you are now, I once was, and soon you will be. And, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, looking at it. And our friends from out of town are, man, it's so creepy, you know. And I remember one friend, he just wasn't having it. He just thought this was so stupid. And so another friend from the town I'm from that was with us, it's like, well, I always heard that if you run through those graves over there and you weave in and out of them, that you'll be dead in a week you know i heard so and so did it and these graves are little small graves you know they're children's graves they have their names on it and there's quite a few of them and i remember our friend saying something along the lines that he's not afraid of any dead babies or something like that just you know kind of rude and so he starts running and he starts going through and he gets about halfway and he stops and he puts his head down he walks over to us and giving him a hard time, calling him a chicken or whatever. And uh, so we we walk out to the car in the road and we're, you know, smoking cigarettes and laughing and, you know, joking around. And I was really hungry and I hadn't had dinner. And so we drove into town and the, the road that you drive to get to the graveyard is on the south end of our town. And we pulled into the McDonald's that's on that same road. 
and we go in and we eat and then we come out and I didn't realize that I parked the car underneath of a, a street light or parking light whatever and the car was really well illuminated and when we were getting up to up to it a friend's like no, I remember his exact words or no way and there was all these small handprints like little kid handprints like a toddler handprint but some of them were smaller but they were all over the car like going down the side of it uh there was a, like they were on top of the trunk there was even a couple on top of the roof and i can remember looking really close at them and seeing like individual like fingerprints inside of the the handprints and like creases and like in the hands and stuff it looked like on a detective show when they they dust for fingerprints and we were just standing there in like awe you know like what just in disbelief I guess and we couldn't explain it our friend's car our friend whose car we were driving he lives in an apartment that's all nothing but college students and you know we tried to explain it away but there was no explanation and even to this day if you bring it up to our friend that ran through the gravestone, like the headstones or whatever. He gets upset, and he'll leave the room, he'll get mad at you. He just doesn't want it brought up, and you know, he doesn't want to be in even earshot of hearing the story. Our next account comes from Offerer 012, Melbourne, Australia. So, like, ever since I can remember, I've always seen and heard things are just like a bit weird and I've kind of known in my family as being just the black sheep. So even far back as when I was about five, I can remember strange things happening to me. Like this one time my mum was outside hanging washing and I was just inside playing with Barbies and I was kind of had my back facing towards the sliding wardrobe. And as I was playing, I heard this sound behind me and it kind of sounded like the wardrobe door was sliding open. So I turned around and it was open, which was really strange because I remember closing it. And so I went and got my mum and she came inside and we had a look and she was like, there's nothing there. But I was like, no, it opened behind me. But she didn't believe me, so I kind of just left it. It didn't scare me or anything. It was just, I don't know, just hadn't happened before. But yeah, so like I said, things like that just seemed to happen to me a lot when I was a kid and even up until the age of like 12 or so, they always seemed to happen like when I was alone, which was really annoying because no one ever believed me when I would tell them. And it kind of became this family joke that I was like seeing things and I was seeing ghosts and I had this crazy imagination. So I kind of just stopped (laughs) telling anyone anything and I just kept it myself when something would happen. Like I remember this other time when I was at home, um, when I was, I must have been in year six or something, so about the age of 12, and my dad had gone to work and my mum was in the kitchen and I just heard this voice down the hall and it was a male voice, which was weird because dad never came home until really late because he would work night shifts. Um, And I couldn't quite make out what the voice was saying, so I walked down the hall to get a little bit closer, but as I got around the corner, 
to where I thought the voice was, it just stopped. Yeah, so I guess at this point in my life, all these, I guess, paranormal things that were happening, I never quite like saw anything concrete that made me think it was like paranormal until there was this one night where I knew that everything that I had been seeing was real and it just wasn't in my head. The one experience that I'm about to tell you now is actually just cliche. It was this terrifying huge storm, which sounds weird, but I live in an area where it's actually quite often that we have these really severe storms and weather events that happen. So it was just kind of that time of year and there was lots of storms happening. But this night was particularly bad. So yeah, I was just lying in bed trying to get to sleep which was really difficult because there was lots of thunder and lightning. And I'd kind of left my door slightly ajar as I'd gone to bed. But I was, as I was laying there, I could hear these heavy footsteps walking down the hall, but it was slow and it was almost like the person was wearing boots or something. And at first I thought it was my sister trying to scare me, which was pretty common. Um, but then the footsteps stopped outside my door. I couldn't see anyone. Um, I just sat up and I tried to like focus at the door and try and like catch my sister out. And I kept staring and then this massive lightning just struck and it lit up the entire room. And that's when I saw this dark outline of a man just standing in my doorway. I couldn't see his eyes, but I felt like he was staring at me. And I remember he had this really wide brimmed hat on top of his head. So I screamed and hid under my blanket and my mum ran in and turned on the light and she gave me a hug and, you know, told me I just had had a nightmare. And every night since, until now, I just always sleep with the door closed to avoid seeing him standing in the doorway. Hey, The Offerings podcast listeners. I'm Jensen and the host of It's an Odd World After All, the podcast. Are you in need of a good spook? This podcast has you covered. Tune in to listen to real-life paranormal encounters every week. You know... The things that go bump in the night, unidentified flying objects, and the mythical creatures that walk this earth. Get your dose of haunted tales and subscribe to It's an Odd World After All wherever you get your podcasts. And get ready to be spooked. If you have an offering to submit, email your audio recording to the Offerings Podcast at gmail.com. Or follow the link in the podcast description. Now, let's rejoin the communion. Our final account for this communion comes from Offerer 013, Utah, the United States. This took place in February of 1988 when I was just eight years old. I'm now approaching my mid 40s. I still have massive anxiety when I think back to that night. I was living with my mom, my stepdad, and older sister, who was three years my senior. Because my parents were extremely poor, we found ourselves moving around quite a bit. At the time of this story, 
we were renting a rundown duplex in a small town in Utah. I'm fairly confident this took place on a Wednesday evening, as that was the weekday my family would gather around the television and watch America's Most Wanted. After the TV show had ended around 9pm, we said our goodnights and headed off to our own bedrooms. It was a school night, so I often went to bed around 9. Our duplex had three bedrooms, two on the main floor and one in the basement. My room was on the main floor down the hall from the living room, while my mom and stepdad's bedroom was adjacent to mine at the end of the hallway. My sister had her room in the basement. At that age, I was fearful of the dark, so I often slept with my bedroom light on, allowing perfect vision. So because my parents never paid their bills anyway, they had never had an issue with this as most parents might. We also had a false sense of security living in a small Utah town, so we never locked our front door. However, my mom and her husband always had a lock on their bedroom door and made sure to lock it every night so we kids wouldn't come in unexpectedly. I remember drifting off to sleep shortly after laying down. It must have been around 1am when I was abruptly awakened from a peculiar noise in my room. As I sat up in my bed responding to the noise, I was horrified to see two grown men sporting biker beers and easily towering six feet tall standing in my bedroom doorway. Again, I was able to see every detail of these slovenly men because my light had been left on. The men standing in the doorway were blocking me in my room so as not to run past them. They both had the most evil stare directly into my eyes that I'd ever seen. I was petrified. I don't know why I did this, but in the moment of a complete shock, I jumped up from my bed onto my feet, but only then did it dawn on me that my little body was not going to be able to get past them. My parents' room was directly towards their backs, and my first instinct was to run to my parents' room. Looking back now, I realized it would have done no good since how they slept securely and comfortably behind their locked bedroom door while this was taking place. Once my body motions caught up to my thought process, I instead ran to the corner of my room and crouched down. All the meanwhile, the three of us are awkwardly staring at each other. I tried to let out a scream to call for my parents, but this would be the only time in my life where I was paralyzed with fear. My vain attempts to scream mounted into silent desperation. I didn't know what these people wanted, and I could only imagine the worst. One of the men pushed his index finger to his lips in order to signal to me to remain quiet. As I tremble with fear, the second man reaches into his pocket and pulls out a six-inch blade. My room is very small, and they are both standing within four feet of me. He makes sure to swivel a knife in the air to make it a point that he's not afraid to gut me like a fish. I nearly pissed my pajamas. Another attempt to scream yields nothing. Shortly after, they closed my bedroom door and left me alone. Instinctively, I thought they were robbing our house. But now that they had been exposed and had threatened me, they would now leave. Boy, was I wrong. I waited a few minutes. Do I open the door and try to pound on my parents' bedroom door? Are they waiting for me behind the closed door? Who knows? After a few minutes, I gathered what little courage I could 
and I decided to crawl back into my bed and place the sheet over my entire body and wait it out. What did they want? My anxiety grew as the thoughts continued to race through my mind. As I lay there intently, listening for any sounds, I could hear them moving about the house and opening and closing various kitchen drawers. The walls were paper thin in that cheap duplex, so every move was easily heard. Next, I heard them make their way down the stairs to the basement where my sister was sleeping. As I'm listening to every frightening sound, I hoped with all my might that my stepdad would wake up. He was a fairly large man, and those creeps weren't exactly being super quiet. This goes on for nearly an hour. I'm lying petrified in the bed, listening to their every move. To my horror, my family is sleeping through the entire ordeal. After some time, I hear the front door. My stepdad worked in a factory and usually woke up at 5 a.m. I couldn't wait to hear my parents unlock their bedroom door. As soon as I heard their alarm, I left my room. I was hysterical while trying to explain what had just happened. Next, my sister woke and I desperately wanted her to tell me about her night by herself in the basement. My parents tried their best to calm me down. Tears were running down my face. I'd been traumatized. To my disbelief, my parents chalked it up to having a bad dream. In fact, I was told that this was not possible because if anything like that would ever happen, surely they would have woken up. My sister saw the desperation in my eyes and knew this was serious. Her and I went through our entire house to look for items that might have been stolen. We came across her dresser drawers left half open, any personal items out of place. This was enough evidence for her to become just as frightened. Because nothing was missing from our house, my parents didn't bother calling the police. I was made to go to school as though nothing had ever happened. So fast forward a couple of weeks, we're watching TV and an update comes on about a criminal being captured that was featured on America's Most Wanted. My heart sank when I realized that the mugshot on TV had been one of the men that was in my room that night. Of course, disclosing this detail to my parents only made them believe me less. To this day, I still hold some resentment towards my parents. While they slept peacefully behind a locked bedroom door, I was being victimized. Needless to say, I never sleep without locking my door. Thank you to offer 011, 012, and 013. Join them by making an offering. Email your audio recording to the offerings podcast at gmail.com or follow the link in the podcast description. Please join me in spreading the offerings. It's extremely important that these accounts are heard. You will all see 